Friends, we're continuing on in John's Gospel, and if you will remember last week, we read the story of Nicodemus, who was a leader of the Jews, and he came by night to question Jesus about who he was, and Nicodemus goes away without believing. So this is the story that comes right after. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired out from his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty the water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying you have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. 
They were astonished that he was speaking to a woman, but no one said, what do you want or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come see a man who has told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves And we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts and minds be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. The author, Leslie Jameson, has told this story about a layover she had in Houston. The story is about the layover in Houston, but it's really about this woman that she meets there. And she says that the first thing she notices notices about the woman is that she hears her. And what she hears is that the woman is complaining about everything, everything. They're in a layover in Houston. She's upset that their plane was late. She wants to know where the next plane is that they're going to get on. She wants to know where her luggage is and can it be guaranteed that it'll get where it needs to go? Leslie says she's just listening to her and she's thinking, oh my goodness. Then they're told The next plane isn't coming. They're going to have to spend the night. The airline is going to put them in a hotel. And so the woman starts complaining then. This is unacceptable. What kind of hotel are you putting me into? Is this going to be nice enough? And slowly they get them all to the shuttle and Leslie finds herself having to sit next to this woman. And it continues. Can you believe this? Everything is going wrong on this trip. And this airline, they aren't doing anything right. And I saw the person behind us who got special treatment on and on and on. And they finally get to the hotel. And the woman starts saying, put my luggage in here. Make sure I can see it at all times. And then I'm going to have to have you carry it upstairs for me. And Leslie is dying to get away from her. But then she notices the woman walk across the lobby. And she realizes that the woman has a really significant limp. There is something wrong. And she is struggling to walk. And so Leslie thought, oh my goodness, I'm sure it was a special hardship to have to make it through the airport and then back and get luggage. And suddenly she thought, I'm going to do whatever I can to make this easier on her. Leslie that night goes to her hotel room and she, this woman has a very unusual name. She's from New York. And like you do, she Googles her. 
and she realizes that this woman was attacked by a homeless person and stabbed multiple times a few years before. And so putting that together with the limp that this woman still has only reinforces for Leslie that she's ashamed of the way she has acted and she will be more kind going forward because now she knows this woman's story. There is a woman at the well and guess what? She too has a story. We can't really read this story without holding it up next to the story of Nicodemus. Nicodemus, who is a leader of the Pharisees, he comes by night to ask Jesus all of these questions. He doesn't understand any of the answers, and he leaves without ever believing. But then Jesus is in Samaria, and Jesus begins a conversation with a woman at the well. And right off the bat, anyone hearing this knows that this is the most unusual thing in the first place, poor thing's a woman, right? No man would come to a well and just start a conversation with a woman he didn't know. Combine that with the fact that she is a Samaritan who are, for lack of a better term, you know, they are enemies of the Jews. There are so many things that say this conversation shouldn't happen at all. And yet Jesus starts the conversation with her by saying, give me some water. And so their conversation begins. It's interesting because both Samaritans and Jews, they had the same scripture. The first five books of the Bible was the holy scripture of Jews and of the people of Samaria. What was different is that they disagreed over how a person should worship. So this woman has some knowledge of what it means to be a Jewish person of faith. They both acknowledge that the well they are at comes from their ancestor, Jacob, who fed his flocks there. But what we come to realize is that Jesus knows this woman. He knows her. When he tells her to go and get her husband... She says, well, I don't have one. And Jesus says, I know you don't. You've had five. Now, what that tells us is that at the very least five times in her life, she has been very vulnerable. Because to be a woman in that culture without a husband was to be at risk. Some scholars have read this story and thought, she must have been a promiscuous woman. Five husbands. But others read it and know that it's also quite possible that she had five husbands and she's been widowed five times. But what we know is that whatever the situation is, she carries some shame about it. She carries some shame. It's embarrassing to admit you've been married five times. It's embarrassing to admit that she has a relationship now with a man and it's not even a marriage and so it is all the more striking that Jesus says, I know this about you, and you're still worth talking to. You're still worth engaging. And not only does he engage, does he give her his time and his attention, but he offers her living water. And because they share the same scripture, she knows that living water is always the gift of God. 
In the second creation story in Genesis, we're told that there are two rivers that run in Eden and the whole land is made fertile because of that running water. When Moses has the people out in the desert, he strikes the rock and God brings water forth to them in this dry and hot place. To be told that you're going to be offered living water means that something of God is happening and she's being offered it. Despite her shame, despite her gender, despite her nationality. She is being invited invited into the blessing, into the blessing of Jesus Christ. And that is the miracle of this story. And it's so miraculous that her testimony is clear. I met someone who told me everything I have ever done. And you know what the subtext is, right? And loved me anyway. You know, I don't know if you carry that kind of shame around. I don't know if you are a good person like Nicodemus and a leader in your church, but I know that Jesus offers all of us this grace and this gift and this living water. He knows our story and offers it still. Now, Leslie Jamison goes on to describe her time with this woman. She carries the woman's bags and her own back to the airport, flies with her to New York, loads her bags, gets her through Penn Station, and they are standing on the corner and she's waiting with this woman while they get a cab. She's done all of this. And the woman turns to her and said, you know, I'm just so embarrassed because I hurt my leg dancing in Cabo. And Leslie thinks all of that because she was boogieing in the Mexican Riviera. And then Leslie says what Christ might say, which is, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter when you are hurting and when you are not. When you are full of shame and when you are righteous, you are still offered forgiveness and grace, and the living water of the life with Christ. And to that, I think our Lord and Savior would say, so go and do likewise. You have been given this gift. Now give it away. Thanks be to God. Amen.